Turn with me to the Gospel of Mark, the first of the Gospels written, the second one that's included in the New Testament in the order. Mark chapter 10, and we really are we're picking up where we, where we sort of started. We, we, we started a couple weeks ago uh, just, just, just touching lightly on a story that's told in Matthew, uh, in Mark, in, uh, in, in Luke, three different ways. This is the original Markan version. It's a story, and in the middle of it we said, we said, Jesus looked at the man and loved him. We're telling the story that, that some know as the story of the rich young ruler, some know as the story of the rich young man. This is Mark's version of that story. It says, as Jesus continued down the road, a, a man ran up, knelt before him and asked, good teacher, what must I do to obtain eternal life? Jesus replied, why do you call me good? No one is good except the one God. You know the commandments, and then and here we go, you ready? Don't commit murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't give false witness, don't cheat, honor your father and mother. Teacher, he responded, I've kept all of these things since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him carefully and loved him. He said, you were lacking one thing. Go sell what you own and give the money to the poor. Then you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. But the man was dismayed at this statement and went away saddened because he had many possessions. This is the word of God for we the people of God. And we say together, thanks be to God. What did, what did the young man want? What, what did he want? I mean, he was, he's asking about eternal life. What did, what did he want? How would you describe what he wanted? I mean, did, on some level, it sounds like he wants some kind of like certificate or some kind of, or some kind of identification card or some kind of pass or, or some kind of thing to hang on the wall that says, because of, because of my, my good deeds in the past, I'm, I'm, I'm good from here on out. We, we would call that assurance, right? Or some kind of, you know, but did, did he want that? Because if he wanted it, Jesus didn't give it to him. Jesus, Jesus didn't say, well done, you're good from here on out. But, but, but instead, I would argue that Jesus, that Jesus gave him something. Let me, let me put this down. Jesus gave him something of, of a road map. You guys are going, what antique store did you have to go to to find that? Look at that. Laminated. Woo! See, Listen to the story again. The man says, the man says, hey, hey, Jesus, how do I get from here to there? What, what, what route must I take? How do I get from here to there? And Jesus says, okay, well, well, before we talk about that, let me tell you six of the tempting turns <laughs> that, the word, that the world might want you to turn on, Right? Beware of those detours that will distract you. Adultery. Lying about about what you know. Cheating. Not honoring your father and mother. He he gives him this list, the detours. And the man, and I believe with, 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 we have no evidence to believe the man wasn't being humble, said, here's the thing. I'm, I'm, a part of the way through the journey, I've seen those six turns and I haven't taken them. 
And the reason we believe that he's being telling the truth is because Jesus in other conversations called people out on their um, <clears throat> stuff, right? Jesus doesn't do that here. Jesus he just keeps going on. Jesus just keeps going on and saying, okay, okay, all right, well, let's talk about, let's talk about the rest of the journey you must take. Let's talk about the rest of the journey. I, um, I went looking uh, for, uh, for, for a map that I could use in the oldest car we own. We, own, we, we have a, a 2007 um, Toyota Camry, and I went to the glove compartment thinking, surely that one, and it did, and it had, it had some maps, and I found this laminated map, which is really nice, but I also, found, I also found a map, I think I bought this myself, a map of the eastern United States, because I, I actually used to travel from, like, from some when, when I was coaching, and I would go to different camps or different places, and so I, I got an eastern United States, and I found this map, and I was like, this is sweet, because they'll recognize the map, and they'll recognize, you know, like, like, the, like the panhandle and, and the, you know, and then I realized that, <clears throat> that maybe, and I thought for just a second, just a second, here, here it is, here it is. This is the, uh, this is the, the, this is the northeastern I'm looking at, and I think, um, yeah, there's the eastern that you're looking at, or the southeastern. I thought, that's an entire sermon in itself. It is. You know what this sermon says? This sermon says, be careful that you're not using worn out maps is is it possible that that's that that's exactly what jesus went on to tell the man he said he said be be, be careful young man even as i look at you with love be careful that you've not you've not so held on to a map that's so ripped and tattered the map that says all you have to do to attain eternal life is to just is to just Follow everything. He said, because there's more than that. He, He actually says, he actually says, be careful that the stuff you possess doesn't end up possessing you. When I was uh when I was first a youth minister in Fayetteville. And, uh, and I had the chance to attend all three services every Sunday morning because my senior pastor didn't like me. <clears throat> really, actually, um, he, he did like me, but, uh, but he, he made me come to all the services and he would call on me from the, uh, the congregation and he'd say, Scott, stand up, and, and, uh, and, and I'd have to answer questions and stuff. That's the truth. Uh, but I would sit there and I would take notes of the sermons and I went back and I found, I found where Sam Matthews in, in October, October the 15th, Year 2000 preached on this text. And, and he's preaching at the Fayetteville First Methodist Church, right? Delta Airline pilots and mechanics and crew members, right? Doctors and lawyers, and, and, then, and, then, and then the rest of us, right? We're, we're, all, in, we're all in these the services. And in the middle of the sermon, I write down, word for word, what he says <clears throat> Calm down. This is not a sermon about what you have. And I think Sam was right then. I, I don't think this is a message about, about what we have. I believe that Jesus wants us to hear that it's about how we relate to what we have. Because the truth is, nowhere in the scriptures does, does, it, does it really say, that, I mean, you know, in, in terms of the good stuff, in terms of the good stuff, nowhere does it say that what we have can send us to the bad place. 
but, but it is clear that how we relate to what we have can get us off track, can, can, can turn us away from where we're supposed to be going. Is it possible that, that, that ownership can get flipped upside down so that we find ourselves owned by the stuff that we once claimed to be ours? I, at one point, I had this list of things that I was going to rattle off and I was going to step on every toe in the room as, as, as best I possibly could. And then I thought, you know, in, instead of doing that, let me just talk about what I really know. My, um, my, my parents, a few years back, I think they were in worship uh, a couple of weeks ago. My parents, a couple of weeks back, um, a, a couple of years back, had the chance to buy my, uh, my grandparents' house after my grandparents passed. They, they bought it from their siblings, my, mom and, my mom's brother and sister. And uh, so they now have two houses. And I can't tell you, I can't tell you, you know, my parents were once both teachers. One became an accountant, one stayed a college professor. I can't tell you what, what, you know, what it means to grow up middle class, and by that I mean middle class, right, down here on the bottom of middle class, right, to grow up middle class and then, and then to one day say, yeah, my parents have two houses, <laughs> right? I mean, it's totally different. Y'all aren't laughing, but I'm being serious. It's totally, it's totally different, and my parents now have two houses. But I tell you what, every phone call with them is, yeah, well, we had to run down to Brunswick to, to get the roof repaired, and you know, there was a leak in the thing. And we had to go back. And, and, we, and we feel like we need to be down there because, because, because we have it. And, and every conversation makes you begin to wonder, is the, is the joy and the gift of having a place right there on the marsh looking at St. Simon's, is the joy and the gift of that worth the work? Or, or somehow has, has, has the possession started to possess them? Is it, is it possible that ownership couldn't, couldn't get somehow flipped on us so that we're the ones that are owned? But the story continues. The very next verse, after he said all of this, Looking around, Jesus said to his disciples, it will be very hard for the wealthy to enter God's kingdom. And his words startled the disciples. So Jesus told them again, children, it's difficult to enter God's kingdom. Now, if you, if you, just, if you just look at those words on the screen, it doesn't say possession, it doesn't say wealth, it doesn't say bank account, it doesn't say stock holdings, it doesn't say retirement, it doesn't say investment, it doesn't say anything about money or stuff or possessions. He's just talking straight, right? Topic might happen to be on those things, but the core message isn't about the possessions. The core message is, it's just hard, It's easier for a camel to squeeze through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter God's kingdom. And they were shocked even more and said, you're trying to help us to understand, but we really don't understand even more now. Who can be saved? Jesus looked at them carefully and said, it's impossible with human beings, but not with God. All things are possible for God. And then Peter, and, and we, can, we can read Peter's 
tone, well, we can't hear his tone. We can see his words and we can, we can, we can sort of project our own tone onto his words two different ways. I, I would choose the second way. I don't believe that he's fussing. I don't believe he's pleading. I don't believe he's whimpering. You can read it that way. You got verse uh, 28 up there? I, I believe you can read it. Look, we've left everything and followed you. Or, look, we, we've, we've left everything and we've followed you. Jesus said, that's right, I assure you that anyone who has left house, brothers, sisters, mother, father, children, or farms because of me and because of the good news will receive 100 times as much now in this life. Houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, farms. And I don't, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know exactly what Jesus is referring to, but, but he also says there's going to come some persecution. There's going to there's come some disagreements. It, it, this just translates it as harassment. It, that, that, that's also going to come. And in the coming age, the person that, that has dispossessed themselves of the possessions will also have eternal life. But many who are first will be last. And many who are last will be first. I feel like we should say it again, but this is the word of God for we the people of God. And we say together, thanks be to God. Because it's, because it's this teaching that just continues. The, the truth is, the truth is that our possessions can possess us. If, if, we, if, we, get, if we get turned around on who we truly are, this like Sam said 18 years ago, this is, this is not a lesson. This is not a sermon about money. This is a sermon about identity. See, if I go through life clinging to this concept, to this, to this badge that says I'm an owner, Then it's, then it's very easy for me to get detoured into thinking that my ownership value is. Jesus says, no, no, it's not that we're owners. In the very beginning of the scriptures, Genesis 1 and 2, all the way through the Gospels, the, the identity we are to take on is not that of ownership but of stewardship. I mean, that's the truth. Notice though, notice though, Jesus doesn't shame anyone about their possessions. Jesus never says, never, never, never says anywhere that that second house, that, that, that's it, you're off the list. You know, that, that, that car that runs nice with the nice paint job and the four new, that, that, you're off the list. Nowhere do the possessions become disqualifiers. This is, this is not a shaming topic. But the world would have us think that. And instead, it's simply this. Don't get confused in your head. Don't get confused in your heart. Instead, the man went away sad because, because up to that point, and, and we can pray for that guy, that, that maybe, maybe a mile down the road, maybe, maybe a week down the road, maybe a year, 
that he got it turned around and, and said, no longer is it about ownership, but it's about, but it's about stewardship. Because the great pitfall is that the stuff we possess would somehow possess us. This, this is the third thing I offer. As, as we listen closely to Jesus on the topic of money. Is it that there's no shame in the possessions, but there is, there is the temptation to get turned off the right path. This, this temptation to, to be confused about who we are. Our possessions, we are to steward them. To not let them possess us. Let's pray. Gracious God, indeed, by your mercy, we have been recipients, entrusted with, stewards of, the abundant blessings that you provide out of your great love for us. We are thankful people. Ground us in the truth. that it is, it is not ownership but stewardship that is the path that navigates us to the eternal life that you offer. Give us the courage to live this life and to be a witness for others by the way we live. This is our prayer. And we offer it in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen and amen. I invite you to stand. Think, think, about, think about this blessing that happens in front of us. Turn to your neighbor and say, those are good looking boys. Go in the grace and peace of the one who made us to live abundantly. Amen and amen.